Welcome to the Rock Church Podcast. This is Amanda. We're so glad you're joining us today. We are a church family that exists to love God, love people, and do something about it. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit us at rockc3.com or head over to your app store and search rockc3 for our app. This is the fifth and final week of our series called Unhinged from Pastor Clay Finkley. Enjoy the message. Rock Church, how are we doing today? You guys good? Man, it's good to see you guys. Uh, if you don't know me, my name's Clay. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and uh, I'm excited to be here today. It's, it's going to be a great day. It's already been a great day. And uh, how, about, how about that worship there? I mean, that was incredible, right? Like, let's give it up. Like, I love being able to start what we do that way. And uh, I've got some exciting things I want to talk about before we, we step into this conversation about Unhinged. But uh, next Sunday... Uh, Mark Moore, author of Quest 52, which is a book we've been going through as a church. It's a, it's a Devo. It's been incredible. I've, I've gained a ton from it, um, which, by the way, we still have free copies available uh, for you uh, in the Connect Corner. If you haven't do, uh, dove into that, still go and grab one. We still got time for you to jump in. You don't have to play catch up through it. You can just uh, jump in with whatever chapter we're on, and it'll make perfect sense and be right there for you. But uh, really, really excited about that. But my whole point of saying all that is Mark Moore, author of that book and that devotion, he will actually be preaching here next Sunday. And uh, I'm really, really excited about it. As someone who's seen him uh, speak at a, a lot of different events in my lifetime, whether it was as a middle school student, high school student, young adult, um, I've always been um, really thankful every time I've heard him communicate. And I'm excited for him to be able to communicate uh, that with our, our next series here uh, at The Rock. So uh, looking forward to that. Make sure you're here for that next week. But then another thing that is coming up that's going to be really exciting is in just a few weeks, we're having a foster family event. And uh, we have a staff member who is on our uh, This Gen team named Brooke. And uh, Brooke's incredible. And she just has a heart for foster families and, and those who have adopted from it. So uh, we wanted to throw an event and she's been running with it. And uh, it's, a, it's a great time for you to make moments and make memories with your family if you're part of that foster community. And uh, we'd love to invite you, love to, to have you come out and be a part of that. You can check out all information for that on the app and we'd love to connect with you there. So that's what we got coming up next few weeks. But before we get to uh, that, we have the end of our series called Unhinged. And Unhinged has been a series about how there's these different emotions, different things that kind of throw our, ba- our life out of balance, make our lives unhinged. And we've talked about different things like anger and lust and revenge and worry And our whole driving point of everything within this is that if you want to change your life, it starts by changing your thoughts. And if we're able to change our thoughts, that's when we help keep ourselves from becoming unhinged. And uh, today, the subject that we are discussing and we're having a conversation about is uh, judgment. And uh, I I think this is something that we, a lot of us deal with. How many of you guys struggle with judgment? Okay. I found this out. I, I'm going to walk back here. This is the first time I did it because I've preached this sermon three times already. I found I was judged uh, b- before, uh, after this last service. Apparently, that's not how you spell judgment. And I, uh, apparently there's no first E there. It's J-U-D-G-M-E-N-T. And uh, I got a nice little message saying, hey, I'm judging Clay for how he spells judgment. And I was like, 
Awesome. Hot start to today. But I, I do think judgment is something that, that we all deal with in some form or another. And uh, part of the reason I know that is because if I bring up certain subjects, all of a sudden a lot of us get a little, little angry, a little judgy about it. Like, for example, people who drive too slow in the left lane. Mm. Some of you guys may or may not have heard this. I have gotten pulled over and got a ticket for driving too slow in the left lane one time. Uh, I was going 44 in a 45, and I asked one of my law enforcement buddies afterwards. I said, hey, if I would have been going 46, would I have been speeding? And he said, yes. I said, boy, that officer had a tight margin, didn't he? <laughs> but a lot of you guys are judging me because you're like, man, if I'm going to get a ticket, it's going to be for going too fast, not too slow, right? Uh, I think another thing that I judge people for is uh, when I let someone in my lane when I'm driving, I better get that thank you wave, right? If I don't get the thank you wave, I am judging the human that, that I let in. Um, another thing that we judge people for is uh, when they wear uh, T-shirts of bands that were popular about 30 years before they were born. Uh, and you're like, oh, you know nothing about Def Leppard, <laughs> right? Uh, another thing we judge people for is if they, if they chew with their mouth open. Ugh, gross. We hate that. We judge people for their sports teams that they root for. Like if you're a fan of uh, the Lakers or Alabama or New England or the Yankees or the Cowboys or Carolina. Uh, Duke, that was a painful loss last night for Duke. That hurt. It hurt. Makes the rivalry better, but it hurt. <laughs> the soul was hurting for Coach K last night. Um, but yeah, if you're a fan of one of those teams, I know that you are a band and fan, and uh, that you like to root for just winners. And I don't know if that's totally true. I said the Cowboys in there, and they haven't won anything in like 30 years. So, uh, you know, that's not fully true. I also judge people for the shopping cart theory. Now, shopping cart theory is uh, if someone puts the shopping cart away, they're a good person. If they put the shopping cart in their parking spot, they're a bad human. And I will judge them off that. And then now some of you guys are judging me for calling it a shopping cart. And I'm going to judge you for calling it a buggy. All right? If you call it a buggy, that's the same thing as like, like that gives me like the heebie-jeebies, like the people that who hate the word moist, right? Like, and like some of you guys just looked at me like, oh, I cannot believe you just said the word moist into a microphone, right? And you're judging me for that. Judgment is a part of life. We judge people. We judge vegans. They got it tough. They get judged all the time, and they have to eat lettuce. <laughs> Bad combination there, right? We judge people all the time. Now, my question with that, though, is does that judgment do anybody any good? No, it really doesn't. Now, obviously, those are some funny things that we're talking about, but there are also some more serious things that we judge people for. How they look, how they act, what they post on social media, uh, what their job is, what their major is, who they're dating, what they want to do as they grow older. We, we judge people for a lot of different things. And if you really look at judgment, what we're really doing is we are comparing their life and what they're doing to the standards that we have set for our life. And that's why I think ultimately judgment is an issue of comparison. It's a comparison issue. And the interesting thing about that is comparison and judgment, without us realizing it, it can either be a trap or it can be a tool. 
If it's a trap, it'll cause us to be unhinged, to throw our life out of balance. But if we use judgment in comparison as a tool, it will make our life better and everyone around us better as well. But we got to figure out the right way to do that. We got to figure out the right way to approach this. We got to figure out, okay, so judgment is a part of our life. How do we handle it? How do we move forward with it? How do we make it work? And what I want to do today as we have this conversation together is I want to give you uh, three things to make judgment and comparison uh, a tool rather than a trap. So the first thing is this. We want to judge and compare with humility. Matthew 7, 1 and 2, it says this. It says, do not judge others and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treat others. The standard you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. People get this scripture mixed up and messed up all the time because people take this scripture as a meaning that, hey, we should never judge anybody or anything ever. That's simply not true. Uh, one of the, my studies that I did, it said this. I, I loved how it said it. It says, the Bible's command that we not judge others does not mean we cannot show discernment. The Bible clearly teaches that truth is objective eternal, and inseparable from God's character. Anything that contradicts the truth is a lie. But of course, to call something a lie is to pass judgment. So what that is saying and what this scripture can be communicating is if we want to understand what's truth and what's a lie, that means we're going to have to put it through a series of tests, of, of judgment, of, of comparison. And if that's the case, we have to realize that there is a right form of judgment and a wrong form of judgment. You know, that scripture said, we will be judged by the standard that we are setting, the one that we are comparing people to. And if judgment comes from a place of comparison, we need to understand what we are comparing everything to. Is it to what we want? Is it to what we believe? Is it to our desires? Or is it to the right things? Because what we should be comparing and judging every single thing on this earth to is God's truth and the way that he has called us to live. Everything else in the world needs to be compared to that. Compared to that truth. If that's the standard, that's what's right. And anything other than that is wrong which means superficial judgment is wrong. Where we judge people by their appearance or how they act or what we see on the outside, what they post on social media. It means that harsh, unforgiving judgment is wrong. Where we judge people uh, with a very negative attitude, with a very strong push towards them, with a very uh, angry and bitter attitude. It means self-righteous judgment is wrong where you believe that you are better than the other person. You're judging them because of that. It means hypocritical judgment is wrong where we're pointing out and judging people even though we got stuff going on in our own life. I think we have to be so careful of this because without even realizing it, we will also judge ourselves. And I don't really have a term for this one like the other ones. 
But a self-judgment, if we're not doing it right, can be very wrong for us. Because I think we live in a world where we see what everyone's highlight reels are. We see what everyone's doing well. We see what everyone's um, living like. And we just see it on, on social media, whether it's Instagram or whatever. Like, we see the highlights and we compare ourselves to them. And we will judge ourselves and we won't think that we are as good as God has created us to be. That's another one. But there's a lot of different ways that we can judge and it be wrong. But that also means there's a right way to judge. Galatians 6.1, it, it says this. It says, dear brothers and sisters, if another believer is overcome by some sin, you who are godly should gently and humbly help that person back onto the right path and be careful not to fall into the same temptation as yourself. When it comes to judgment, the way we practice it, the way we, we approach it, the way we view it should come from a place of gentleness and humility. A lot of times when we judge people, it's loud, it's boisterous, it's pointing fingers, it's yelling at others, it's trying to make ourselves feel better about our own lives. And what we aren't doing is we aren't approaching them with uh, gentleness. We're not coming in softly and then we're not being humble within it because we're trying to put ourselves above them. So we got to learn how to do that uh, aspect of humility. And that can be a very hard thing to do. And the way that we do that is gonna be by judging and comparing with the mirror. If we wanna make comparison tool, we gotta compare with humility, but then we gotta compare with the mirror because the mirror will then give us humility. Matthew 7, three and four, it says this. It says, why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you have a log in your own? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? I think a lot of times when I look at my own times of judgment and judging people, a lot of times it comes from a place of wanting myself to feel better about my own life. So I point out the mistakes of others. A common place I do this uh, is the Olympics. Anybody watch the Olympics in here? Okay, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a summer Olympics guy over the Winter Olympics, uh, always have, because I just don't understand the Winter Olympics. There's a lot of sports going on that I just don't get, right? Like you have people skiing like 12 miles, and then they'll shoot a gun. And then you'll have uh, curling, which is just Canada's cornhole, right? <laughs> I just don't fully get it. I watch it, but I don't get it. But then, like, me and Kate will be hanging out. We'll, the Olympics will be on. It was just on a little bit ago. And, like, we'll watch, like, figure skating. And I, clearly, figure skating expert right here. Um, I'll be watching and observing. And, and I'll notice, like, it's, it's one of the final runs. And one of the guys will throw up the girl. And the girl will do a super spin thing. And then they'll mess up the catch. And I'll be sitting there on my recliner going, man, how could you mess that up? How could you fail? This is the gold medal performance that you should have been going for and you completely dropped it while I'm sitting there in the recliner with Cheeto dust all over my face, right? <laughs> I'm judging them to make myself feel better. And that's what we do a lot of times because if we're really honest, we want to judge other people to make ourselves feel better. Because when you got a plank in your own eye, it don't feel very good, Right? Did you see this person 
post that on social media? Did you see who this person's dating? Can you believe they got that opportunity? Can you believe that they're serving there? Can you believe that they got accepted into that program? And what we are doing is we got this giant plank, we got this giant log in our own eye, and we're trying to push the focus on other people. And I'm not gonna lie to you guys right now. I am terrified of getting a splinter in my eyeball. It's very scary. But that's how most of us live, right? Where we have this thing in our eye and we're saying, at least I'm not doing that. At least I'm not doing this. At least I don't have that struggle. At least I have that. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to make ourselves feel better about the situation that we're in by pointing other people to look at someone else. That's why we're judging and comparing them. And what we need to do is we need to be willing to step in front of a mirror and see what's really going on here. Because if I look in a mirror right now, if I look at this screen that's my left, there is no denying that I have a giant plank in my eye right now. And when you look in the mirror, that is exactly who you are in that moment. You can't hide from it. You can't run from it. That is who you are. And you see what you need to improve on. You see that you're having a spiritual issue. You see that you're having this physical issue. You see that you're having this social issue. And you're going, man, I have this problem. But what we try to do so often is we try to get the focus to be on other people so that our problem can be ignored. But when you look at yourself in the mirror, you can't ignore it anymore. And that's why we need to compare and judge ourselves by the mirror. It won't lie to you. And the hard part is we aren't going to like what we see because we are people who have made mistakes. We are people who have messed up. Every single one of us in this room have things that we can improve on in this world. We've got to attack it. But if you're like me, when you see yourself in the mirror, a lot of the times it can be extremely overwhelming. It can be hard to change your life. You're like, man, I don't even know where to start. I don't even know where to begin. I don't know what to do because there's a lot I need to change. And I've felt that a lot. And one of the things that I try to apply to my life in those moments is something called the Kaizen Method. And uh, the Kaizen Method is a really interesting thing that I, I read about several years ago. And the, the, the Kaizen method is simply uh, in the 1930s during the Great Depression, obviously businesses and companies were failing and struggling and they're having a really hard time. So these American business management theorists were sitting there trying to figure out how do we turn this economy around? How do we turn these businesses around? How do we turn these corporations around? And they would sit and talk for hours and they try to figure out all these different things. And what they finally came to is that we don't need to try to overhaul the entire system. What we need to do is just make sure we focus on small, continuous improvements throughout the day. If we just focus on small, continuous improvements, we will then get better. 
They share this with these businesses. They share this with these companies. And as they're sharing it, they start to implement it. And then the 1930s go through, World War II hits, America turns into the power it is today because of these companies incorporating this idea. Then in the 1950s, Japan recognizes that America started to outmatch them in the business world. So they start trying to figure out, okay, what do we do? How do we accomplish what they're accomplished? How do we get to where we need to go? And they recognized that it was the small continuous improvements that made the difference for them. So they took that method and applied it to their world and they called it the Kaizen method. And the idea was that they were gonna try to get 1% better each day. They simply got 1% better each day, the company would drastically change. One of the big companies that was mentioned uh, in it was Toyota. And then by the time the 70s and 80s hit, Toyota was outperforming its American counterparts. And it was all because of this 1% improvement every single day that they were trying to focus on. And I love that thought process. Because for many of us, we look at what we have going on in the mirror and we get overwhelmed by the idea of changing it all. And yes, there's opportunity. Yes, there's time when, when God has uh, given us the ability to, to change everything in our life, the power of Jesus works in people's lives that way. But if you're like me, there's been a lot of times I've looked in the mirror and said, I need to change this, and I have failed miserably. So what I gotta do is I just gotta focus on being 1% better each day. Can you imagine what that looks like in your life? If you got 1% better each day, if you add all that together, that means you got 365% better throughout the year. But if you really look at how the math works, that's not how the percentages work out. It's got compounding interest. It's 1% of 1% of 1% better each day. I'm gonna be honest with you guys. I sat down, I tried to do the math for like two minutes and I realized this is too hard and I gave up. It's just like math class in high school. I, I just gave up on it. Point being, it's an exponential giant number of how much you get better over the course of a year if you get 1% better each day. And that's what I want for all of us. Can you imagine how much your life would change if you got 1% better and closer to Jesus each day? Your neighborhoods, your schools, your classrooms, your practice fields, your homes, your relationships, your friendships. The change would be unbelievable. And that's all by focusing on just getting a little bit better. But to do that, you have to be willing to look in the mirror and say, okay, I have this issue going on in my life. And I need to improve it. And that's hard for many of us to do. But recognize this. You are going to be much better off seeing what you need to fix in the mirror than saying what someone else needs to fix over there. It's not easy. It's a lot of work. Sanctification, which is a word that really just means becoming more like Jesus, it's a process. Each and every single day, it's gonna be a process. But we can never know that we need to improve those ways and we can never know if we need to change if we don't look in the mirror and say, okay, here's a problem. Because the mirror doesn't lie to you. How many of you guys have ever... Uh, taken a selfie of some sort and thought, boy, that was a hideous selfie, right? I remember one time uh, I was taking a picture with some friends in high school, middle school. I don't remember. Sometime back then. It was back when my dad uh, was our, our student pastor, and we were all just talking about how ugly we looked in the picture. And he just kind of looked at us and was like, hey, just so you know, 
that picture and how ugly you thought you looked, that's exactly how you looked in that moment. The camera doesn't lie. In football, we said the film room doesn't lie. In our spiritual life, the mirror, it doesn't lie. It's gonna be hard to look at. It's gonna be ugly. It's a giant plank. But if you wanna get the plank out of your eye, you have to be willing to look and see that there is a plank in your eye. But where a lot of us get caught up now is we see that there's a plank in our eye, but we don't know what to do after that. We don't know how we should respond. We don't know how we should change. We don't know what to do, which is why we have to compare with the third thing. We judge and compare with humility. We judge and compare with the mirror. And then the last thing is we judge and compare with the word. Matthew 7, uh, 5, it says this. It says, hypocrite, first get rid of the log in your own eye. Then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. You know, it's interesting to me, as I, as I read this scripture, I, growing up, I think I just kind of skipped the second part of it. I used to always think like this whole scripture was this idea of us needing to take these logs, take these planks out of our own eye and not focus on other people. But as I read it further and as I communicated, I, I really realized that this scripture is far more about improving your life and helping other people improve their life as well. It doesn't say to... to get the plank out of your eye and just carry on. It says, get the plank out of your eye, get the log out of your eye, then get the speck out of your friend's eye. When we are followers of God, we have a personal responsibility to judge and compare ourselves to the truth and judge and compare other people to the truth and help them take the steps that they need to take and we take the steps we need to take. And it's not out of pride, It's not out of selfish ambition. It's not out of conceit. It's about the other person and you knowing and becoming more like Jesus. I love what the next verse said because it really puts this in in, in perspective. It says, don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. And this next sentence is it. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then turn and attack you. As a this-gen pastor... I see so many kids, so many students, so many young adults struggling to figure out what's a pearl and what's a pig. And they don't know what to compare their life to. They don't know what to to judge. They don't know how to judge. Because the culture and the world is telling them all these things and we're telling them all these things and they're just wrestling with what their steps are and what they should do. Because of that, we're having to course correct. We say, no, 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 this is a pearl and this is a pig. But I don't think that's just a this-gen issue. I think that's everyone. We're all trying to figure out in our lives what's a pearl and what's a pig. Because we're trying to figure out what we need to compare and judge our life by. we got to figure out what matters. Because if you don't know what matters if you don't know what to compare to, if you don't know what to judge by, life gets really confusing. You don't know which job you should take. You don't know which opportunity you should chase after. You don't know who you should date. You don't know what you should believe. You don't know how to handle a situation. You don't know how to lead someone. You just feel lost all the time. And that's why you have to find what matters. And what matters is connecting to Jesus and others. 
We will find what matters by doing that. And the way we do that is we open up God's word in community. And as you open up God's word in community, you will then begin to understand and see who Jesus is. You will see how he's called you to live. You will see how he's changed you. You will see how he's moving you. You will begin to chase after him and you'll begin to experience him and he'll begin to change your life. And you'll be sitting there with this plank in your eye, walking through life and realizing that God didn't design you, God didn't call you, God doesn't want you to live with this plank in your eye and he's gonna show you how to begin to take it out. And all of a sudden your life gets changed, all of a sudden your life gets better and all of a sudden that plank is gone. And it's at that point you can go to your friend and you can judge and you can pair with them and you can say, hey, I love you. I care about you. I want the best for you. And because of that, I'm gonna tell you about something in my life. I have this log in my eye. I have this issue and I realized I started comparing myself with humility. I started comparing myself with the mirror and I started comparing myself to the word and I realized that's not how I was supposed to live. And Jesus told me how I should remove it by following him. And my life was changed and it was changed for the better. And I know, and as a friend, because I care about you, I see this speck in your eye, and I want you to know Jesus loves you, Jesus cares about you, and that's not how Jesus wants you to live. Here's how I took the log out of my eye. Here's how you can take that speck out of your eye. Do you guys see how comparison is suddenly a tool? It changes your life. And it changes other people's lives as well. And today, as we enter a time of response, comparison and judgment, it can be a trap or it can be a tool. And the way it's a trap today is if you hear this message, you have this conversation with me right now, and you say, oh, well, that sermon, that was for someone else. That person to the left of me, that person to the right of me, that person down the, in the front, they are the ones who need to hear it. You're not comparing yourself with humility. You're not comparing yourself with the word. You're not comparing yourself with the mirror at that point. You're falling into the trap. I'm gonna challenge you. Compare with a tool as a tool today. Use it as a tool because Jesus allows us to change our lives. By him dying on the cross for us, he saves us from judgment. He saves us from the struggle for eternity. He saves us on this earth. But to have that change, we have to be willing to compare. So maybe today you need to compare with humility. You've been prideful about who you think you are in life. And you say, okay, Jesus, I see you. I see that you're saving me. I see that I'm not living the way you want me to live. Maybe you need to compare with the mirror because you've been judging a lot of other people, but you've been ignoring the problem you had in your life. Ignoring the issue that's constantly showing up. You're ignoring your social issues. You're ignoring your physical issues. You're you're ignoring your spiritual issues. Maybe you say, Jesus, I'm finally seeing the problems I'm having. I need your help. Maybe it's that you need to compare with the word. 
You're starting to recognize what's a pearl and what's a pig and you go, okay, Jesus, I've seen what's a pearl and I see that following you is the pearl that I need to follow. See what this life can be. I see what I can do and go help others. Don't fall into the trap and think this response time isn't for you. Let this time be a tool by comparing yourself to Jesus and his word. During this time of response, we got communion up here that you can take to remind yourself of Jesus' death. We had several people get baptized today already. Maybe you wanna jump into that. We'd love to have a conversation with you about that in the connect corner. Maybe you just need to sing. Maybe you need to humble yourself through some worship. Maybe you need to respond to Jesus for the first time and say, Jesus, compared to my life, what it is and what it could be, and I wanna respond to you that way. Whatever the case is, we have a great chance to respond today. Let me pray and we're gonna worship. Jesus, I pray that we approach you with humility today. Pray that we can look in the mirror and see that there's things that we need to fix. And Jesus, I pray that we see your word and what you want us to do. We love you, amen. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you'd like to learn more about how to give to God through The Rock, you can find that information on our app or on our website. Another way that you can give to us is simply by subscribing to this podcast, rating it, telling your friends about it. All those things are super helpful. We hope you have a great week. Bye.